Hey, I'm Katie. And I'm Chelsea. And we're here to create a community of people to talk about life. And books. And business. And adventure. And so much more. Join Join us us for for Family family Breakfast. Good morning. Welcome back to the table. This is Katie. And this is Chelsea. And we have a very special interview today. Drumroll, please. We are going to interview Chelsea. Yay, that's me. <laughs> are you ready to be interviewed on an international podcast? I think so. Yeah. I think I've just gotten like a little bit of stage fright. <laughs> I don't know why, but here we go. I think we need to tell our listeners about your crazy journey. Because it has definitely been crazy, but also amazing. And I think that people need to hear that it's possible. I wouldn't say it's crazy. I mean, it is crazy, but the day-to-day, it seems very boring. Right. But when you look back... It's changed drastically. Right. Like a big roller coaster. Yeah. Yeah. I think that sums it up pretty well. All right. So let's jump right in. This is Chelsea. She's 26 years old. About to turn 27. Thanks, asshole. Fun fact, that was the worst birthday ever, changing from 26 to 27. So you have something to look forward to. Um, I... I don't know how I feel about 27. Like, it does sound kind of older, closer to 30. But also, I'm still in my 20s. Right. So I think I think it's okay. Tell us your life story. Where do I even begin? <laughs> How about when you were in high school, did you know what you wanted to do? Oh, yes. For those of you who know me, I am a type A personality. I am a person who loves to plan and organize and do all the things. So I did have my whole life planned in high school. Like... I was like, all right, I got this. What did it look like? I'm going to... I graduated salutatorian of my class. Yay. Thank you, thank you. Um, And I was in all the sports. I did all the things. But I did a lot of that to help with my resume because I wanted to go to college. So I, I was, like, dead set on college. I did everything that I needed to do to be able to excel in school. Because I wanted a career that's helped set me up. Um, Because when I was younger, I struggled financially, like our family did. And so I, my goal was to better my life so then I could better my family's life. Yeah. And the only option there was, was healthcare. Like that's all I knew. I come from a family where healthcare is the field of choice. Um, and now that I look at it, healthcare is also what I call safe. It's the job where you will always find a job. They're always willing to pay healthcare because those people help others. And so when I was younger, I wanted to be a nurse. I wanted to be an RN, a pediatric nurse. Um, in the ICU and that was my dream 
Well, fast forward to college, as I was getting into the program, um, there was a glitch on my computer, and I couldn't read half of the questions. So I ended up failing by one point. Like, one little point. That's impressive for not being able to read the screen. Well, I did the best I could, and the lady didn't know how to work a computer, much less change the clarity of it. So I ended up failing by one point, and I had to make a decision. What was I going to do next? So I decided to start looking at different fields. And mind you, I was going to a community college because I was trying to save as much money as I could. Because honestly, I did not know how student loans worked. I thought you would borrow that money and then by the end of the semester you had to pay it back and I was like there's no way I'm gonna pay this money back so I was like I have to pay for school like myself like I I have to go a cheaper way so I could save as much money as I possibly could so what did you do for that though I so I was one going to community college two I also got a lot of scholarships I worked my butt off in high school to get scholarships left and right as well as thankfully like grants were able to help me and also I work through college what about all the people who are listening to this and they say like oh well it's just because you were a smart kid that's why you got the scholarships actually you'd be so surprised I got turned down from so many scholarships because I was salutatorian in my class. Really? There's actually scholarships that say, if you are in the top 10%, do not apply. Like, you don't qualify for it. Mm. Because there are people out there who want scholarships that are intentional for that reason. They want to bring equality to everyone. Just because you're book smart doesn't mean that you're superior than anybody else. Okay, so... Like, did you have any help with finding that? Or did you just have, like, a few thousand dollars that got you through? Or how did that work? So I had a counselor, which I was super thankful for. She helped me, um, giving me the list of everything. But I kind of took it upon myself, as I told you in the beginning of this episode. I'm a very highly organized person. So I just got a binder and I started organizing it. I started pre-writing all of my excerpts. I was, um, had my transcripts, like I had four or five of them stacked up. So as soon as one was released, I'd fill it out, retype it if I needed to for my essay, and then I would send it off. And so when you, scholarships, they always say like, oh, make sure they're high quality. Okay, I got that checked because I already pre-wrote everything. and. I had my English teacher help me. Um, And then quantity, I think, is also another thing. So everybody says quality over quantity. It's not true for scholarships. It's quantity and quality. Right. Like, you need both. Because if you only apply to three of them, your chances are very low for getting all three. Right. But if you apply to 50, maybe you'll get 10. Right. And so what happened with me is I applied for so many scholarships, even the ones I didn't think I was going to get. And what happened was I actually got too much money. I Because I was going to my community college school, which saved me money, and I was blessed with grants, I had to give some money back. 
and I told the scholarship uh, people, I appreciate this scholarship. I thank you very much, but I want to give it back, and I want you to give it to someone else. Because in reality, I had, I had too much. So people say colleges, there's no way you can cash flow college. I did it with less than 200 bucks for me to give to right. my college. Right. Good for you. So I was very thankful, but I kind of went on a sidetrack. Well, I think it's important to note, like, you came from an environment where it was questionable if you were going to go to college or not. And so you just made a choice. I am going to go to college and went the route of it's just going to get paid for by someone else. So you worked your butt off. It wasn't just a... Like, I think it's important to say no matter what, it's possible with a little bit of work. Yes. I'd say a lot of bit of work. Well, yeah, but I'm saying, like, committing to the work that it takes to get to that... Oh, yes. To that side. Like, your... Your environment didn't dictate your future. No. You dictated your future. You yes. You just found the route that was... And put in the work that was going to get you to that point. Because uh, not a lot of people do that. So I think it was important to say, like, what your mindset was at that time. Like, especially going into healthcare and nursing or whatever. Like, that's going to be an extended period of time and stuff like that. So... For sure. Yeah. Um, okay. So, nurse, you were saying prior to the scholarship that healthcare was safe. Yes. You want to be a pediatric ICU nurse. You failed your nursing exam. You got a tattoo. Yes, I did. Um, that was actually the time when I found out that I failed, and I was debating the other fields. It was still all healthcare because healthcare was the field of choice. Right. So I did get a tattoo. I got it. Um, he is greater than I. Um, because it's always my reminder that we may plan everything. Like, we may plan our whole entire life. But in reality, it's what, like, what we're supposed to be doing here on this earth is not always what we know. So, in other words, you may think that you know exactly where you want to go, but maybe that path is just going to lead you to another one of where you're really supposed to be. For sure. And I don't think you ever really know what you're supposed to be doing in right. life. Right. Like, we we so badly want to, but it's it's important for you to look around where you are at the moment and make your purpose right where you are. Right. So... I ended up deciding, um, well, I did observation hours for physical therapy, and I loved it. It was really cool. I, it was so much fun. I got to actually work with a physical therapist um, for two weeks, and I was shadowing and everything, and I really enjoyed the atmosphere. I enjoyed seeing the progress, and so I ended up deciding to apply for the PT program, PTA program. And it so happened that I got in the first time. Yay. I know. It was super exciting. I didn't expect to because I only applied to one school. Right. And after I got accepted, I was talking to all my classmates, and they all had been trying to get in first time, second time. 
third time some of them and it made me realize like wow all the hard work that I was doing for nursing even though it didn't happen the way I thought it was going to it still paid off to get into the PTA program right so it just kind of brings to mind that if you are working really hard towards something and you and it quote unquote fails it's not for no, it's not for nothing right it's actually for something you just don't know what it is yet right that's cool yeah so i got in i was the youngest one in my class i hated school <laughs> i mean it was brutal yeah it was so much pressure i mean there were nights where I would just sit up crying and was like, I cannot remember these origin and insertions anymore. Like, I just can't do it. And so my mommy would actually... Shout uh, out, Miss Cindy. <laughs> um, she would bake me cookies because when she's stressed, she would bake cookies. That's like my mom. Shout yeah, out really? Yeah. Yeah, so she would bake cookies or any type of desserts. And when I'm stressed, I like to eat. So it's an unhealthy relationship. <laughs> um, but so I worked my way through school. I ended up graduating. I um, got a job at um, a hospital nearby my hometown. And that's where we actually became friends. That's right. I was on a travel contract at the time. Yeah. yeah. So um, you became my supervising PT. Which was probably the worst and the best. Really? Well, because you pushed me out of my, my like, boundaries. Mm-hmm. And you made me think, and I'm very blessed because you made me into the PTA that I am today. You're welcome. Thanks. <laughs> um, and so I decided that I wanted to move to a different, to a bigger city. Mind you, my hometown has one little blinking light, like two convenience stores like it's very small and a dollar general yes Mm -hmm. dollar general and i think they're getting a family dollar now too see look so it it's a i love my hometown like it's so cozy it's so like quaint it's so um the sunrises and sunsets are absolutely gorgeous right but I knew I wanted to experience more than my hometown. So I decided I wanted to move to San Antonio. Fast forward, I also decided that I wanted to work in orthopedics. I came to San Antonio. I actually got my dream job at a sports and ortho company. Yeah. I loved it. I worked long hours long 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 hours and the nice part about it is I was now making good money and I was traveling I was able to take two weeks off every three months like I was truly enjoying it right then hard play hard yes I think that was truly my motto and I also started at that time my life journey like my health journey I was able to um, start working out. I was able to start reading at that time. Right. I was, like, just living life with my dog. Like, it was a girl and her dog <laughs> in San Antonio, just living life right. kind of thing. And so as I started, like, I kept working, kept working. 
things just started like becoming like habitual or routine right like there were times where I'd be like okay another two patients because at that time we were seeing two patients an hour right and working four tens so 10 hour days four days a week seeing two patients an hour was mentally and physically exhausting right and so I would be dying waiting for those vacations and when they were there I absolutely loved them I soaked them in but then I was like all right back to the real world right and I always thought that that's how everyone should live like I thought that's how that's how life was is that you hated your job like I wouldn't say I hated it at that time but you were exhausted mentally and physically and then you just waited until the next vacation yeah and I think so many people live that way and I finally I don't know something just snapped in me and I was like wait hold on like I'm just going through the motions right now right so what did I do next I was like I'm gonna become a PT yeah that's my next job like I'm gonna set a goal because as you see I love to set new goals and achieve them Mm -hmm. so I decided to go back to PT school because I wanted to challenge myself even more in the field that I was in right so I was going to PT school I did all my prerequisites and here comes again I was applying to get into the program and I said I don't know if I want to do this I don't know if I want to become a PT. Now, I guess I have to preface that I was doing a lot of soul searching at that time. Right, a lot of personal growth and development stuff. Yes, I was in counseling at that time because I was going through a really I a really rough time and I thought it was attributed to working 60 hours a week or 50 hours a week and going to school at night and everything else in between I thought it was that that was causing it but I don't think it really was like I don't know I didn't see it at the time I was having massive anxiety attacks I was in a very depressed state like Mm -hmm. I didn't see a lot of the silver linings I didn't see the positivity right um so I was going through my counseling doing some soul searching I was trying to find meaning in where I was trying to go and I remember my therapist asked me a question she was like physical therapist like as a physical therapist like is that what you really want to do and I think that was the first time someone actually asked me, like, is this what you want to do? Not, not uh, this is the next step for you. Right. And I was like, yes, I want to become a PT. And she was like, I'm not trying to, like, sway you one way or another. She was like, you just have to think about it. Like, think about, is this what you really want? And then I was doing a lot of writing, journaling. And I was just journaling out and just journaling and journaling and journaling. And when I wanted to stop, I kept writing. And that's when I think it occurred to me that I don't know if I wanted to become a PT. It was just the next step that I thought was 
I was supposed to take. And it had just occurred to me, like, I get to decide who I want to be and what I want to do. I get to break the mold of being out of the healthcare field. Like, I thought that the healthcare field was, quote-unquote, safe. And, but there are plenty of other jobs that make money and maybe you don't need all that money like maybe maybe money is not the objective I got into the healthcare field not just because of money but to help others but I felt so constrained by healthcare that I I didn't find that passion and that joy anymore I think that this relates really well to what you said in our last podcast that time and money have a driver that's known as fulfillment and so you didn't have a lot of time because you're working so many hours you had money and a decent living Mm -hmm. but how was how did the driver compare to what you were you know yeah and that's why I say I think that those are always trading off like everything is just always trading off Mm -hmm. and so at at first when I first got into healthcare I was like okay yes it's I'm fulfilled. I am making the money. I don't have as much time, but I can take that time off. Yeah. Like, so it was all fine. But when I fast forward three years and I'm here, I I didn't find that fulfillment anymore. Right. And I I don't think that it was just the stress around me. Like it wasn't the corporate job it wasn't going to school it was more so that I just wasn't happy anymore and many people don't understand that when you tell them like I don't want to do this anymore they're like what do you mean you have it so good why would you want to mess it up right but sometimes your fulfillment is more important than keeping everything like not rocking the boat and so I started going on this um, soul search. Like, I continued my soul search. I continued with my therapy sessions. And I continued creating habits and journaling. And it helped me pull me out of my anxiety attacks. It helped me pull me out of my depression. Um, Now, trust me, I still battled those. But it was managed. It was under control for the most part. And so I was like, well... Now I need to find where my passion is. But the funny thing is, you don't ever know where your passion is. Like, you can't force it. You can't say, okay, this is what I'm going to do next. Like, you just have to decide and go and then evolve as you go. That means you're always growing. It's very true. And so we ended, I got asked to go to a Rise of Conference. And I was hesitant to go or not and I was like "Mm, fine I guess I'll go because there was a whole group of us who were going and I just decided to go and I love this story about your experience at the rise conference well prior to going to the rise conference like (laughs) I want to touch base on that real quick because I think it's it has an important point to it so how was it in your travelings getting to the rise conference which was only five hours away from here yes so the rise conference was in dallas it was actually you it was actually you your mom 
my mom and myself right. who were supposed to go. Right. Well, unfortunately, your brother ended up getting sick. And so you flew actually to New York to be with your family. So it was my mom and I who were supposed to go. And it was only in Dallas, which is five hours away from San Antonio. <laughs> and I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to fly instead. I'll fly. My mom will fly because she lives in Houston. And we'll be, it'll be fine. Quick, so, easy trip. Like, yeah. No big deal. Relatively yeah. cheap to fly from. Right. Quick, like, very short flight, everything. Right. So the day before I was supposed to fly, my bank account got hacked. And someone stole my my card number. That was the day before? Yeah. It was the day before. Okay. And I was like, holy crap. They turned off my card. <laughs> I don't have access to my card. And, like, most people, they're like, oh, just go to the bank and get a new one. Well, my bank was in my hometown, which is three hours away. There's not a bank nearby. Nothing. So I was like, okay, well, I'm going to go to – I have cash – let me go to a different bank and just open up an account, and I have money. That's fine. Wrong. <laughs> it comes come to find out, people don't let you write a check to yourself for a new bank <laughs> and deposit it on the first day that you open your account. Like, because I had some cash, but it was limited. And I was trying to deposit money, and they wouldn't let me. So I had, finally, a bank let me. I had $300 in that, on that card. I was also flying up there, needed to rent a car and pay for everything. So I was like, okay, well, let me just try to figure out what, like, what I'm going to do. I was like, I can write a check, but most places don't actually take checks anymore now that I know that. Mm -hmm. Anyways, I pack up everything and I fly with $300 to my name, which I was sweating bullets. I got there. I went to the car rental, which... As y'all know, I am um, Dave Ramsey based, so I don't have a credit card. I only carry cash or debit. And then they told me that I wasn't old enough. Right, right. So then you had to rent it, and I didn't have a credit card to put on file. And I was like, well, I have this debit card. Well, then they're like, I'm sorry, ma'am, there's not enough money in your account to cover the cost. So I was like, well, crap, I'm stranded at the airport. So... This is actually the day of the event that I was supposed to be getting. Like, I was actually supposed to be going there, right? Right, the day of the yeah. health day. Yeah, it was a Thursday. So I'm fighting with the people, and I'm like, okay, fine, whatever. Forget the car rental. I get in an Uber, and I go to the hotel. And well, how much the, did the Uber cost? The Uber was, like, $50. <laughs> I was like, shit, that's expensive. <laughs> and so... I get in the Uber, and they take me to the hotel. I try to check in, and they're like, I'm sorry, there's not a hotel room under your name. And I'm like, wait, what? You had actually booked the hotel, so I didn't have a way to get into the hotel. Um, you had to call them and tell them and explain to them, and they finally let me in. Well, then I get a call from my mom, and she was like, hey, Chelsea, um, I'm at the airport, because she was supposed to be flying in for Friday. Or she was flying in Thursday, and we were going to go to the event on Friday. And she was like, um, they're telling me that my ticket is not right. Like, they're not letting me into the, air, into, the, into like the actual airport part. And I was like, what do you mean? 
I look up her flight. I had made the mistake and booked her flight for Friday, not Thursday. So I'm like, well, hold on. I'm trying to, like, figure it out. Now, mind you, my mom hates flying. She is terrified to fly. She doesn't like airports. She doesn't She doesn't like the whole flying experience. So now I've added another stressor. She's freaking out. I'm freaking out. And I was trying to figure it out and everything. Well, luckily, you helped me and changed the flight because I also didn't have a card to pay right. or anything. So we finally get that situated. She's flying on her way to Dallas. I was like, all right, I need to go back to the car place to try to figure it out. To the bank. Well, I was going to go back to the car place to figure it out. But luckily, my bank, because it's the credit union, had a branch in Dallas. So I go there. I finally get my card. I get everything set. And by that time, I've already missed the Thursday event. Like, it was already almost over. And I was like, you know what? Fine, whatever. I'm not going to go to it. I'm just going to go to the pool. And um, so I got, oh, by the way, I got my card and I got the car, finally. And I go to Walmart. And I was like, all right, I'm going to buy a bathing suit because I'm just going to relax in the pool. I'm just going to make this day. So I pick out a bathing suit. I go back to the hotel. I have my bathing suit on. I have my sunglasses. I got my book. I'm going to read. And the freaking pool was closed. <laughs> it was closed. It was all like uh, caution taped or whatever. Like yeah. Like blocked off. Yeah, like had caution tape and it said, I'm sorry, this pool is closed at, the to- at this time or whatever. And I look at the pool and it's freaking green. <laughs> like green as shit. And I'm like, not a pretty green, like shitty green. And I was like, God damn it. I'm not meant to be here. Like I'm not meant to be in Dallas. Dallas hates me. I can't do this anymore. So I call you, and I was, I think, actually was crying. And I was like, I don't know what to do anymore. I'm done. And luckily, and I ended up going to a spa, and it was so much better just to be in the spa and just to zone out and everything. But anyways, um, like you said, there's a lesson to that, is that everything leading up to the rise, because the rise was, uh, the rise conference was amazing like it allowed me to see so much clarity that I was looking for that whole time like it just came at a perfect time and leading up to that point it was so fucking hard right like it was to the point where I just wanted to get on a plane and go back to San Antonio and call it a day yeah you wanted to quit yeah, because I didn't even know what this this conference was about. Right. So I wasn't even sold into it. So I was like, I just want to go home and not do this. Like right. I, But it was so freaking worth it. So when things get super freaking hard, don't give up. Because then that just means something great is going to come out of it. Right, for sure. That's the lesson I took out of it. And also make sure that you have a second bank. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's a um a really good quote that I read from the book called Training Camp. Uh-huh. From John Gordon that that speaks to that really well. And it says, "But as so often happens, a desire to make a positive change is met with a series of immediate challenges and setbacks, as though the enemy knows you are putting on your armor and decides to attack you before you are powerful and ready." 
so freaking true. Like, any time that you want to, like, okay, I'm going to do this, I'm ready to go, and I'm going to start on Monday or whatever people say, like, I'm going to switch my job, I'm going to do whatever. And, and as soon as you start to make that first move, you're just, like, hit with a cement wall, and you're like, yep, see, I knew I wasn't supposed to do that. But the trick is what's on the other side of that wall. Right. Like, like what you want, what you're shooting for is on the other side of that wall. As if somebody is preparing you. Right. And or making you become the person that you need to be to take on whatever's on the other side of that wall. It's very true. Yeah. Because if you think about it, like, all that I've told you so far, I had I had that issue with with nursing right and I ended up going into PT well PT was a great opening to the rise like to coming to San Antonio to even meeting you as a friend like so all of the the really really hard things end up leading to a better opportunity or I wouldn't even say better it's just a different opportunity right like I said, I love to plan things, but my tattoo reminds me he is greater than I, so I will be guided wherever I'm supposed to be. Right. You came back from Rise and you said, I don't want to be a PT. I don't want to be a PTA either. I want to get out of healthcare altogether. And I'm going to start a nonprofit called At the Summit. And what I was thinking at the time was what brainwash type things happened at this cult-like conference (laughs) where you came back and changed the entire trajectory of your life yeah I it gave me so much clarity it allowed me to see past where I was at that moment I was finally able to dream dreams that I didn't think were possible which I didn't I still didn't think were possible so I was like all right I'm gonna be become a founder of a nonprofit, which at the summit is a scholarship based nonprofit. So I was helping high school students find scholarships and or- helping them organize, helping them learn the best techniques to get more money for college. So I was like, all right, well, I don't know how to start a nonprofit. How do I s- learn to start a nonprofit? So I was like, well, let me intern at at nonprofits. I applied to freaking four nonprofits and got turned down. Who gets turned down in an internship? <laughs> For a nonprofit. Yeah. yeah. Like, who does that? Right. And I had one who was interested. I actually met her for coffee, and we were we connected really well. And I, she was like, yeah, we would love to have you. So I was going to be working with them. Well, then I saw a job that was available, an actual paying job at a nonprofit. And I was like, oh, this sounds really cool. It's like innovation. So it was creating for-profit businesses that would then donate their money to the nonprofit. So when you're reading the job description of this job and say that there was like, 10 things that they required on that list for their applicants to have uh-huh. how many of those 10 did you have I would say maybe like 1 out of 10 and it was like hard working 
Yeah, it was right, like like a quality. Not yeah, a, it was a quality. Not yeah, a certification a, or. Oh a, gosh, no! Like right. it was um, bachelor's degree required. It was in business or whatever. in business or marketing right. or something. Um, also, graphic design skills, which yeah. I had very minimal to none. Sure. Um, managerial uh-huh. um, experience, none. So you looked at this list of qualifications and you had none of them except for the hardworking quality. Yes. And you said, perfect, I'm going to apply. Yes, yeah. because mm-hmm. I was still on like a, I would call a rise, rise high. high. <laughs> um, I was like pumped up, I was motivated, and I was ready just to take chances that I didn't think that were ever possible. So I was like, all right, I'm doing it, I'm applying. And I applied, and I actually got called for an interview. <laughs> and I had the interview, and I walked out of there, and I was like, I fucking killed it. And I never say that. Right. I never say that I've, I did the best that I possibly, like, normally people are like, oh, yeah, you'll know when you did the best possible. Like, like you really tried your best. I had never really felt that. But I went in, and this is going to sound so cliche, but I went in as me. Like, I wasn't trying to fit the mold of what they were looking for or anything. I was just like, dude, look. I didn't say dude, but I was like, look, I don't have any of those qualifications. I don't have any experience in nonprofit at all. I'm in the healthcare field, but I want this job. And what I have that no one else will have is the willingness to learn anything that this comes my way. I want to learn. I want to do, and I want to be a part of this program. Right. Because I believed in their mission a great deal. And I ended up getting a second interview and I was like sweet and I went above and beyond that second interview I was supposed to do a proposal and I ended up doing a whole proposal with a role play like it was awesome and I got the job and so exactly what you're thinking as you're listening to this like from the employer side Chelsea basically walked in and was like, I'm a PTA, but you should definitely hire me to be your marketer and... Or innovation. Innovator. Like, so I definitely... I'm a PTA, but hire me to be your innovator. And that's exactly what happened. Like, as crazy as it sounds, that is 100% actually what happened. Yes. Yeah. So then I had to go back to my corporate job because this was only a part-time job, the innovation one, the nonprofit. Right. So I go back to my corporate job, and I'm like, hey, look, I don't want to become, like, I, I want to dabble into this, into this other role. I need you to please decrease my hours, but I still need to become full-time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds crazy. Mm-hmm. But my boss is like, sure, I support you in whatever you want to do. So I... I may not have loved that corporate company, but that was one thing that they did a really good job on, was supporting my dreams to the fullest. Right, even if it didn't align with progressing in their own company. No. Right. Like, I was able to decrease my hours to 30 hours and still keep full-time benefits. And? And I even was, I was asked, like, I asked her, can I be in charge of your compliance? So I, was, I took on compliance um, for the PT department, 
then I also went back and asked again. I was like, I need experience for marketing. I, I need to figure this out. So I went to her and I was like, hey, I know our website looks like crap. And our they had complained about it before. And our social media was kind of eh. So I did this huge, massive research before I asked her anything. I did this massive research. I looked on our like Yelp reviews. I, I did all this stuff and I had a huge proposal. So I went to her and I was like, hey, look, I did this research. Um, it's not looking as great. Like no one was really managing our social media, um, nothing. So I was like, I'll tell you what, give me five hours a week and I will take care of this. And let me ask you this. Had you had ever built a website, changed a website, done any graphic design or any social media outside of your own scrolling of the gram? No. <laughs> none at all. None. Absolutely none. But but I figured it out because handy dandy Google <laughs> helped me out. I will never forget my um one of my employers. They were like, Okay, hey, I need you to schedule these Facebook posts. It's like holy shit. I don't know how to do that. But you didn't tell them that. No, I was like, You got it. I will totally do it. <laughs> Opened up the tab. How to schedule <laughs> Facebook posts. And you think I'm joking, no. but I'm I'm dead yeah. serious. Mm-hmm. That's where I started. Yeah. Or um, graphic design. Yeah. Like, I bought a program because, to be honest with you, I couldn't afford, and I didn't want to fork out the money for Adobe. Hell no. I'm not paying $20 a month. And you decided not to go back to school. And just learn. Yeah, no. Doing. Yeah, I took a I took a semester off of school right. to figure out all of this. So I was working for the nonprofit. I was doing the corporate job thing. I was learning, so I didn't get Adobe. I got this. Well, I thought it was a knockoff at the time, but it's a great program. It's way better than Adobe. It's only fifty dollars one time yeah. fee. Like Affinity. it was. Yeah, Affinity was am- It's amazing. It is. It's actually still the program I use today. Yeah. And so I get this program i have no clue how to graphic design i literally remember like after you got the program you're just like clicking every button and then taking it to the paper and seeing what happens and you're like no and then you just click like control c like undo (laughs) and then click the next button and take it to the paper just clicking every button trying different different shit like just and i was addicted yeah i I couldn't get off I was I was addicted because I wanted to learn it. I, yep. I was determined to. Watch YouTube videos and all oh, that. Oh, yeah. Like, lots of it. And I was actually helping a friend out with her logo. It took three years to to create that logo. But it was, it was a blessing, though. Because if I wouldn't have had that logo to work towards and be so complicated, I wouldn't have known the program that I know now. Right. So, I am starting to figure out this program that I just got. I'm starting to learn how to schedule Facebook posts and Instagram. I am just learning as I go. Like, literally learning as I go. And I start doing all of this. My, mind you, I'm still doing PTA roles mm-hmm. as well. I'm getting overwhelmed because I have so much going on. And I'm like, okay, I'm I love doing what I'm doing at my nonprofit and on the 
marketing side at my corporate job that I was like, all right, in my dreams, because I write my dreams in my journal, and I wrote, I am a full-time marketer. And I wrote that for, I would say, a year. This was last year that you went to the Rise Conference. Yes. So one year ago. Well, a year and now a couple months ago. Yeah. A year and three months ago? Yeah, it was just shy of a year that I said, I am a full-time marketer. I wrote that every single day because I write 10 dreams, um, crazy dreams. And my dreams have evolved tremendously. But I wrote that every single day. I am a marketer. And then I am a marketer of a nonprofit. Then it evolved to I am a graphic designer. So as time goes on, I start realizing what I really love to do. Right. And that's graphic design. Fast forward a year and three months later, where are you at now? Well, I have officially left my corporate job. Yay. Yes. Um, And I started my own freelancing business. Now, for? Huh? Freelancing of what? Well, I was just about to say, freelancing business, the reason why I called it that was because I was doing anything and everything to make enough money to survive. But it was marketing. It was, um, I do social media management, website design, newsletter, blog writing. Like, I do all of the above. Photography, I did some of that. Um, And I was doing it all as now of recently I market three companies and I've done websites for other people I also do logo creations like so I believe that I meant to do more of the graphic design side Mm -hmm. and so my business is called CP social content and it's still evolving to this day like it it's taking me for a ride, not me taking it for a ride. So we also started, launched a card business. So most people are like, cards are so 20th century, and they are. But it, it's a meaningful relation, like it's a meaningful um, gesture. If you know the five love languages, a lot of people are words of affirmation. So many times people don't hear what you actually are thinking. Like how many times have you saw someone's outfit and they're like, oh, that's so freaking cute. How many times have you actually told that person? Mm-hmm. You don't know. So I absolutely love cards. So what we decided, when I say we, as in I have employees, I don't. You and it's your just dog. me. Yes, my corporate office. Um, I decided to launch the stationary cards. So what it is, is you get to go online, fill it out, tell me who you're sending it to, I'll print it with a real handwriting look to it, I will stamp it, seal it, and send it for you. So you don't ever have to touch an actual card, you don't ever have to go to a post office, you don't ever have to go to the store, but you also get to tell that person how much you love them or how much you miss them, especially in these times. Mm-hmm. Especially when some of our family members feel so alone or some of our friends. Can you imagine being quarantined by yourself? No. Like, maybe not even a dog. Right. Like, just quarantined by yourself. 
that gets lonely sometimes. And so sending that person a card just to brighten up their day is is one of the best feelings. And what led me to this was I had actually sent my grandpa a card. And it was a hilarious, funny card. Like, it was a squirrel. And it was, like, all graphic, like, just to be funny. I sent it to him, and literally everyone who went to his house he showed that card to like he was like look at this and like dying laughing so it made me realize that what a simple gesture I just so happened to pick it up and send it to him that it changed him it gave him a little bit of hope and and happiness through a really hard time so that's my mission now for um cp social content cards is to just share joy and share that that loves from one person to another so now along with cp social content i have um or we have elevate which is a printing company if you haven't heard about it go back to our bonus episode <laughs> we may have done something and um, because that's our company now we are again my mission is to work for companies i believe in and that company I totally believe in because we are helping small businesses bring new products to their customers. I'm the graphic designer there. Yeah. So I truly just get to create all day long. Yeah. Like and that's that I think that's the part that blows my mind the most about your story is that you know, we've been talking now for fifty five minutes and um give or take. And it's been a long story, you know, a long journey or whatever. The reality is you made it happen, completely switching from healthcare to now creating full-time, owning your own creation, and literally just creating all day in less than a year. Yeah. And it's, if you would have asked me, like, when people ask, like, where do you see yourself in five years? I say it's completely unrealistic for you to to tell someone that. Right, I was going to ask you that. Oh, yeah, it's unrealistic because I honestly don't know where I'm going to be. I don't... Well, I think it's funny looking in it backwards. Like, five years ago, would you have thought you would have been here? Absolutely not. Right, and so five years from now, who knows where you're going to be? No, yeah. and that's why like this so at rise you name your year and so for this year it's the year of growth and oh boy have I grown (laughs) like in every facet of my life like now I'm creating and so if you remember like creating brings me happiness it brings me fulfillment it brings me joy but what happens when your hobby turns into your career that's a whole nother podcast episode because it's hard finding a balance between the two because then you want to just work all day long because you love it, but then you get stressed out and you get burnt out kind of thing. But I wouldn't say burnt out. I would say just stressed out. And so that's a whole nother episode. But finding that balance between your fulfillment and your passion, but also still serving time for yourself. And that's where I think I am right now at my in my journey currently. Yeah. So I can't, I'm sorry, I can't answer your five years from now question. <laughs> but f- from today or tomorrow, like, I, I'm just going to continue working on where I am and where I want to be. 
Well, I just want to give you a lot of props for taking the chances that you did because anything that kind of came your way, even though it wasn't fun, you did it head on and you weren't scared of taking those steps. Like most people would be, you know, they would get stuck at reading that um, list of requirements and be like, well, I don't, I don't qualify or I want to be a graphic designer. I'm going to go to school or whatever. But you're able to disprove that whole notion of, how it's supposed to be done like you're supposed to go into healthcare because it's safe you're supposed to go to school if you want to change careers you're supposed to whatever like you've you've changed the notion of supposed to and so now when anybody tells me like oh I wish I could do this or that my perspective is completely different because you've proven that wrong so kudos to you for taking these risks and just going after what you dream of Well, thank you very much. And I think it all comes back to fear has a seat at this table. Yep. Like, that's when I named Annette. And I, at that time, I was suppressing Annette and told her, like, hey, go sit over there while I go and crush this interview or I crush this application or I crush this design. Now I've evolved where I welcome her because she's going to make me that much better. Yeah. And if you don't know who Annette is, please go back to our other episode of Fear Has a Seat at This Table because I think that truly unlocks, like, you have to work on yourself before you work on anything else. Yeah, you can't. It will be much more difficult to take these big steps like you did if you didn't do that work first. Yes. Or at least be in it, doing it. Exactly. Yep. So, as always, we want to hear where you guys are at. What are you... What are you dreaming? What are you working on? What kind of big, scary steps are you taking or thinking of taking? Or do you think it's not possible in what you want to do? I wanna, I want you to, you know, reach out to us and we want to hear that side of it. Yes, and if you feel like you want to call in, yeah, freaking call us. We will make this happen. Yeah, we we want to actually hear. That's the whole reason why we started this podcast. Yeah is that we want to hear your perspective. So reach out to us at familybreakfastpodcast.gmail.com or follow us on Instagram at familybreakfastpodcast. Have a happy Sunday.